Hello and welcome back to Hoops Crush. This day is episode number four. We have the NBA regular season starting tonight with the Suns. Our Suns going up against the Warriors and the Nuggets versus the Lakers. But before we get into that, today on this episode, we are going to talk about this Blazers roster and what our expectations are for each player going into this season. Before we go any further, though, Eric, how are you doing with the regular season start tonight? How are things going with you? Oh, I'm fine. I'm excited to talk about actual basketball after the off season we had. How about you? Yeah, me too. Uh, off season was obviously annoying. We were the center of attention. I always thought we weren't talked about enough, and then you know we were talking about too much. <laughs> it was just old man, like Dame Central. There, I bro, I blocked them. They were annoying. It's just been a whole whole mess this off season. But I'm glad that we've taken a backseat to all the news around us. Yeah, for sure. But uh, where do you where do you want to which player do you want to start with uh, for our roster going into this season? Um, we're gonna you know we're gonna you know kind of paint our expectations for each player. Um, I think we should go ahead and just start with the the two way players though. Get those guys out of the way. Uh, we have three of them now: Duop Reith, uh, Skylar Mays, and of course uh, Justin Manaya. Uh, as far as my expectations are concerned, I don't have too many. I'm not sure if they ever end up. Making the roster, Duop Reef, of course, uh, was you know playing on our summer league team. Was able to you know sign in the or play in the preseason a little bit. Uh, Skylar Mays, you know, obviously played down the stretch last year. And uh, Justin Manaya, I've kind of liked some of the things he has done, uh, but I'm not really sure if they ever end up you know being a significant part of our rosters. But I guess we'll end up seeing, you know. Yeah, I think with Skylar, he's a guy who, if you have an injury to one of your guards that's playing you feel comfortable about him being that backup point guard um, can initiate the offense pass a little bit has uh, shown he can hit a jumper and, you know, just, I think he's an NBA level player. So I think you feel fine about him. If he has to see any playing time this year, hopefully he doesn't have to because yeah, uh, everyone's healthy. Uh, Manaya is pretty much just a hustle guy um, does the dirty work and, and flies around the court. Um, I don't know if he's big enough um, to really have a position in the NBA, but he's fine on like a, a two-way and a G League pay player for emergency use. And then Duop Reith, uh, I feel a lot better about him if he was a little younger and it was more like a project big. But um, yeah, I mean, he's fine. He's got, he can shoot the ball a little bit. He can finish around the rim. He, uh, you can you can extend out to the three point line. Rebounding seems to be decent. Um, just a little slow foot speed to maybe uh, be a defensive center in the NBA. So you're looking at three guys that are probably going to play a lot on our uh, new G League team this year, and uh, hopefully uh, they do well down there. But I don't I don't really think they're like prospects that are gonna like blossom at any point they're just all solid vet or not vet but solid role players at best in my opinion yeah absolutely agree uh so the way i have this listed i'm using the nba app so they actually have the numbers in order so it might be all over the place here so represent well, makes it fun it says moses brown is number zero that cannot be right i don't know why it says that but because there's no way he he's rocking, not yeah i was about to no. say there's no way that's the case i just realized that but Regardless, start with Moses Brown, I guess, since he's at the top here. Obviously, for me, third string center, he will end up playing when, you know, Aiden and Robert Williams miss time, uh, which could possibly happen with Robert Williams, obviously. 
Um, I yeah. mean, I don't really expect too much. I don't know if he really ever becomes a significant part of the roster. Hasn't been able to stick around the league too much. Of course, he played with us, uh, you know, a couple years ago, was around here for a little bit. But, uh, I mean, I think he'll play this year, and I'm not really sure if – I don't have too many expectations for him. I, I hope he doesn't have to play too much. Uh, but I, I assume he will with, you know, our big men, you know, maybe resting or whatever it may be. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I hope he doesn't have to play much at all. Um, I mean, he's got some length. Uh, he can block some shots. He can rebound a little bit. But, um, yeah, it, it kind of is what he is at this point. Um, you know what you're going to get. Uh, you know, inconsistent um, minutes from him if he has to play which is fine from your third string uh, center. So hopefully you don't have to rely on him too much. I almost would rather just play some players out of position, small ball center, than <laughs> have to go to him too much. Um, but yeah, uh, it, that'll be, that'll be one of the, uh, one of the worst parts about this roster, in my opinion, is the way it's set up. Um, if we do have, injuries or big men that need uh time off that we don't really have quality depth like we have at other positions yeah i agree uh we're gonna be going polar opposite double zero scoot henderson uh so for me expectations of scoot henderson i'm hoping he can at least average around 15 points per game i hope down the stretch he gets confidence attacking the rim more instead of settling for mid-rangers uh, I'm kind of hoping we can find a way to, you know, maybe have a little bit of showing of somewhat like jaw, maybe that's kind of what I'm hoping that we get, uh, you know, spread the ball around. I mean, I think if Anthony wasn't in his way, I could, you know, see him averaging a little bit more. Uh, he will start next to him. I'm sure obviously, but I, I mean, for Scoot, I would love to see him in the rookie of the year race. I think he might be like third in that race. Maybe he finds way to be second. I just feel like Chet and Vic are going to be like in the front runners in that uh, scenario, but I feel like. Scoo, all we really we just want to see flashes of greatness i think i mean this is the guy that we decided to replace damian lord with hopefully he can show us what he's capable of and uh i mean at the, i'm just i'm just hoping for flashes good defense potentially just want to see him show us some things i'm not expecting him to light the world on fire right away but hey if he does that's you know we're in good shape yeah absolutely i'm i'm also not expecting it right away but um my my thing is with him, I don't really care how many points per game he averages or what his stats look like. I just want him to show that he is the guy. And uh, so however that manifests itself, whether it's through his passing, whether he's getting to his spots and making shots, um, I, I just want to see, like, Dame, you pretty much knew from the jump. Like, he was ready. To, he was going to be our point guard of the future. Um, I mean, he wasn't, like, all-star level his rookie year, but, like, you just knew he was going to be that good someday. And that's just what I want to see from Scoot is just flash that ability um, as the season goes on, be more consistent with it, uh, improve your finishing around the rim, uh, maybe cut down on turnovers. Uh, and then the main thing I want to see with him is just how – alert and uh focused he is on the defensive end how much effort he gives on that end because if he is very committed to playing defense i think he has the athletic ability and the body frame to be a really good defender it's just a matter of 
you know, learning the game, learning how to not foul. Uh, so I expect him to foul a lot at the beginning of the season. And then, so if you look at the month by month splits, hopefully that number starts to go down a little bit as the season progresses and he learns not to reach in in certain situations or when he's playing against a certain um, elite guard for like the second or third time, he's he's learning some of their moves and not what not to do when guarding them and things like that. So for me, it's all it's all about just seeing the flashes that he could be uh, a special player and just I want to be sitting here at the end of the season saying all right Scoot is for sure our starting point guard moving forward for the next 10 years and now we got to put the right pieces around him if we're questioning whether he's uh going to be that after this season I think we might be in a little bit of trouble in this situation we're in yeah I couldn't agree more with everything you said especially towards the end hopefully we see it. Hopefully we see it. this is the guy going forward. Mm-hmm. Anthony Simons. What are the expectations with Anthony Simons? For me, uh, you know, I went out there and predicted to be my most improved player. Uh, now, I will say, I mean, his stats weren't bad last year, so it's not really going to be a stat right. jump per se. I think, I think the way this would have to, if he were to win most improved, I think we'd have to be better in the standings, and he'd have to be a huge part of that. But I expect Simons to show the world that He's not the worst contract in the league. That's some some opinion. Some people have that opinion. Uh, but I, I could see him averaging like 25 to 26 this season, uh, super efficient, and just being a, the scoring guard we need him to be. And I'm hoping he just takes this opportunity and runs with it. Um, I'm really, I mean, obviously, Dame could see it in him, calling him Inferno. Um, I think Anthony can be the guy, um, which sucks because obviously we're all excited about Scoot and Sharp as well. Uh, but I think Anthony is someone that people just kind of forget about. And it's like, oh, we have like two younger players. Let's move on from Ant. And, you know, some people want to trade Ant and keep Brogdon over him or whatever. I don't get it. But I think Simons hopefully can just go out there and light the world on fire. And, sh- you know, maybe even push himself over tiers. Like, you know, I think a lot of people compare him to guys like Maxi Hero, uh, Jordan Poole. I-, I want him to be able to maybe set- separate himself from that crowd a little bit if possible. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, that would be awesome. And I, I believe he will do it. Um, I am a huge Anthony Simons guy, and I know you are as well. Um, and so sorry if you're watching this and want to trade him right away and yeah. <laughs> uh, you don't like Anthony. Um, Chauncey said something during uh, media day about how he doesn't know who his guy is going to be yet, like the guy, right? And so I want Anthony to make that clear that he is the guy on this team. It's his team now. He steps up. We have some bets, you know, Brogdon, Jeremy Grant, uh, Theibel, um, will all provide leadership. But I need Ant to be that vocal leader on the court and the guy who, you know, gathers everyone together and everyone looks to um, in in moments when they need, uh, need that kind of leadership. And I, I think... I'm hearing positive things about him in that regard. Um, he learned under Dame for so long that it's hard not to have that rub off on you, even though uh, Anthony is a very quiet guy. Uh, so hopefully he learned how to be vocal and to be the man and what that entails when you're leading a team. Um, so that's my main thing with him. Now, defensively, I noticed some great defensive moments from him. He was playing really well off ball in preseason. Um, he, he was making some really good reads, intercepted some balls. 
um, and, and got out on the fast break. If he can do that consistently, I'm going to get really excited because um, it, it's so weird. Like everyone says he was like one of the worst defenders in the league last year. And if you look at stuff like defensive rating, individual defensive rating, which is like the worst defensive stat alive, um, it, it shows that he was the worst worst defender in the league. But like if you look at advanced stats like synergy and um, and some of those ones that like grade um, everything like ball handling or uh, off ball defense, on ball defense, um, situational defense, screen navigation. He actually graded as one of our better defenders and as an above average defender overall. He was really good at screen navigation. And that's something that this team has been abysmal at for years. And one of the main problems with our defense is not being able to get through screens. And he was quietly one of the best players on our team in that regard. And if he can keep on proving that, uh, like, I don't know what it's going to take for him to shed that bad defender label with um, people who have just written him off as a bad defender. But I, I think he can be an above average defender. I think he was already showing signs of it. And you, you combine that with his elite shooting skills and this guy um, it's not going to happen this year just because the West is too deep, but I, I think he's going to be an all-star within a, a year or two. If he, if he has the, uh, runway to uh have his own team like he should this year yeah i agree i think all-star is definitely the uh, yeah like you said and probably not this year but i think all-star is definitely possible in his future um he should have a runway this year i'm hoping maybe he can find a way to make it this year that'd be really awesome um but we'll see but going back to what you said about record for most improved i think Maybe if we're up in the standings, like, you know, remember last year when we got yeah. off the hot start and everyone's like, oh, we're going to have two all-stars. Yeah, or Grant and Dame. Dame maybe might even, not be an all-star. Dame might not be an all-star. Oh, yeah. Ant and Grant are playing better than him, right? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, that's going to be what we'd have to do is exceed expectations and have him be the man. Um, so it's possible, but yeah, highly unlikely this season. Yeah, definitely. Matisse Thibel, our starting small forward that was announced. It will not be Shaden Sharp. It'll be Matisse Thibel instead, which I think most of us probably figured that was going to be the case. Uh, for me, I'm not even sure Matisse Thibel will be on this team after the trade deadline. I guess, I mean, it remains to be seen, obviously. It kind of depends on how I feel like we're we're doing. But uh, I'm hoping the main thing I want to see from Thibel, and I'm expecting just his shooting to continue. Ever since he's gotten to Portland, he's been a pretty good three-point shooter. That's always been the knock against him when he was in Philadelphia. He sometimes won't even play in the playoffs because of how bad of a shooter he was. But ever since he's been in Portland, has been an above average shooter. And if he can just keep that going, then uh, I, I don't hate him as a starting small forward. Obviously, we're not really trying to win anything, it feels like. So maybe it's not the best thing in the world. But uh, someone who can play a little bit of defense, obviously. Um, you know, some people say his defense is overrated because of what <laughs> he does, you know, chase the steals or whatever. But I, I think Thibel, if he can just continue to knock down threes, play a little bit of defense. Um, I'm expecting him to be pretty solid this season, maybe average like nine to 10 points or something along the lines of that. And uh, maybe that's too optimistic. I don't know, but I think he could just be a solid role player. That's all I'm really expecting from him. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think that like, it doesn't even have to be a great three point shooter, just like 35, 36%, uh, you know, league average kind of in that range. And you're set, right? You just don't want him to be one of those guys who is just a complete liability and ruins your offense. 
because teams are just leaving them wide open and they're going to leave them wide open. So he's got to make them pay for doing that. And if he can do it consistently, um, yeah, then he, he's a very solid player and will be worth his contract. If he can't do that and all the same problems that came up in Philadelphia where they couldn't play him um, in certain situations or in the playoffs because of how much he struggled on offense. If those come back and and are a problem again, then that contract might look pretty bad. And I don't even know if we'll be able to move him at, yeah. at, uh, with that contract. So um, hopefully, hopefully he performs on the offensive end. A side note, he does have a no trade clause this year. So, oh yeah, because um, of his he, offer sheet. Yep. Yeah. So his offer sheet got matched, which means he has a no trade clause, and he cannot be traded to the Dallas Mavericks until um, the new league year starts in July of next year. So um, he does have some weight to throw around if he doesn't want to go to a team, or if he's unhappy here and he wants out, he can throw that around too, and probably determine where he wants to play. Uh, but and if he is still here in Portland, um, one of the reasons why I don't like him in the starting lineup is he does gamble a lot. And to me, that would go better with a player like Robert Williams, who can protect the rim uh, better. So hopefully Aiton steps up and is a good rim protector. But I think Thibel and Robert Williams would play really well together on the defensive end, at least. And so I'd like to see them play a little bit together so Thibault can take chances knowing that he has Robert Williams and his good uh, rim protection behind him. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see if the starting lineup has the same problems because it didn't really improve the defense that much when Thibault uh, got here. And maybe that was a little unfair because the Blazers were obviously not trying to win games a lot after his arrival. But... um, yeah, just like he played, you know, several games and it, it just the defense didn't look any better. So it's one thing to have an elite defensive player, but if he's not really the type that makes your system better or the scheme you run isn't um, perfect for his abilities to blossom, then it, it kind of is wasted. <laughs> right. Uh, so. Hopefully the schemes are better this year. Hopefully Chauncey does a better job with mixing up the defensive coverages and allowing him to fly around and take chances and create some turnovers and our uh, inside paint defense is better as well. Yeah, hopefully. So our first round pick, not Scoot, but Mr. Chris Murray. Uh, My expectations for Chris Murray, I mean, as our first round pick, I'm hoping he can crack the rotation right away. I'm assuming they're going to try to put him on the floor. You know, they said they graded him as a lottery pick. I feel like he's been inconsistent at times. I'm just kind of hoping he can show flashes of being a really good backup power forward. But obviously, we've had another power forward has shown really, really good flashes. So uh, I'm curious to see if he is on the floor right away. Maybe on opening night, they like stretch the rotation quite a bit to kind of see who sticks better. And then we'll, you know, kind of shrink it as we go on. I could definitely see that happening. So, I mean, with using our 21st, yeah, 21st pick on him. 23rd, uh, 23rd, sorry. 23rd. I'm hoping that uh, he can stick in the rotation because obviously uh, I feel like there might have been better options there. But uh, I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping Chris Murray can, you know, maybe be half of what his brother was, I guess, is my most optimistic thoughts. Yeah, my my thing is he's going to be compared, you know, probably his whole career to his brother, especially his brother continues to to shoot the three ball well. Uh, so. 
I'm just trying to tell myself he's not his brother <laughs> and not to expect that. Um, even though he, he did have a breakout season once his brother left in Iowa. Uh, so he, he did a lot of the same things his brother did in college. Um, it, it's just, you mentioned it. So we got Kamara in the eight and trade and um, we have Jabari Walker, both of who we'll talk about in a little bit, but um yeah, I don't I don't even know if I'm expecting him to beat either one of those guys out. It'd be kind of disappointed if disappointing if he doesn't, but I don't think it's like the end of the world since he's the rookie and those guys um well Kamara's a rookie too. It's just uh they're him and Kamara are the same age. They're both really old draft picks. Um so at least one of those two I think should should uh win. And if he gets outplayed by someone who who's a little bit more ready to play. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world, but um, yeah, I just, I hope at some point we see him play, but if he does play, it's probably because we're not winning. So they're like you said, increasing the rotation because, um, because it doesn't matter at that point. Right. I, um, so you give Grant a little less minutes and you try to develop some of your backups. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm not really expecting to see Chris a ton unless there's injuries or for some reason when he comes in, he's got to hit the three ball. He did not shoot well in the preseason um, or he shot awful in the preseason to put it bluntly. Um, so he's got to come in at least hit from the corners on the, on his three point shot. If he can do that space, the floor, I think he does another, a lot of good things on the court between rebounding, he can handle the ball a little bit. His defense is um, decent. So I, I think he does enough things if he can just hit the three-point shot, um, much like we talked about with Thibel. Um, I think he could get on the court at some point. I just don't know how many opportunities he is going to get to shoot those early in the season. Next guy is Jeremy Grant, our starting power forward going into the season. Obviously, we saw where he, what we were or what he was able to do last year. I'm pretty much expecting maybe the same thing. Maybe average a little bit more now that Dame is gone. Uh, but I just think he'll be a guy that you know, you know, is shooting on offense sometimes. Maybe taking possessions away from other guys. You know, trying to get his own. Um, Jeremy Grant is someone that I could you know see being on this roster after the deadline, or I could also see him being traded away. I think there's all you know, as I said earlier, it all depends on how things are going. Uh, but I mean, I'm just kind of expecting a 18 to 20 point per game season. Hopefully he can shoot as well as he did from three when he first started, uh, you know, last year, how amazing he was at first. Um, so that's just kind of what I'm hoping for. And that's just kind of what I'm expecting. I'm just expecting solid stats and I'm just hoping he's, you know, good enough that maybe we can flip him for something really good later on. So what's your prediction? Will he be on this team after the trade deadline or not? I want to say no, but... I could see a world where they keep they keep them. It, I, again, it all depends if this team ends up surprising us. Mm -hmm. But if I had to choose right now, I would say that he is not on this team after the trade deadline. Because I think there's going to be contending. I think there will be contending teams, even though everyone's worried about how much he got paid. I still think there's going to be contending teams that would want someone like Jeremy Grant. Yeah, as long as that team has contracts to match, um, I I do agree that I I think even if Portland is planning on keeping them as of right now, I think they're going to be tempted by some really good offers at the deadline, especially if he's playing well this season, but the it's not translating to wins. 
Uh, but for me, for Jeremy, um, there's two things. One, I just I want him to play within the flow of the offense. Uh, we we saw it a couple times last season, and we saw it in preseason a couple games. He just sometimes he just puts his head down and tries to dribble and get to the basket, and that's fine sometimes. But like, it's like so glaringly like out of place when he tries to do it sometimes, and it's just not there. And he still forces the shot, um, and Chauncey. Uh, and all of all Cronin even said this too, ever since um, the Dame trade that they wanted, um, they felt freer to move the ball and stuff like that. And they want a, a free flowing offense. That's not dependent on one guy. So if you have a guy who keeps taking it like that, it kind of uh, stands out. So I just want him to be um, play more within the flow of the offense and, it's okay to try to attack, but just if it's not there, kick it out and and reset up the offense or or look for another shooter in the corner or whatever. Um, and then number two is hopefully be a little more consistent with your shooting because, yeah, it was like a tale of two halves last year. Uh, first half of the year, he shot uh, well over 40% from three, was was just lights out. Everyone's talking about what what a great trade it was. And then um, the, the something happened along the way, and he just he could not hit threes, especially when like in the fourth quarter of games when we needed him to to hit shots. So back when we were trying to win, still, and uh, it it hurt a lot of games. Uh, him him not being able to connect from outside. So like just not so much up and downs. I want a more like smooth Jeremy Grant plays consistently throughout the season and then defensively um i hope he's used a lot more off ball this year because i, I feel like he's a really good secondary help defender slash rim, rim protector for a power forward and i i don't really like when he's boxed out or when he's screened on the perimeter and gets behind a play and then never recovers back into it so i'd much rather have him as the help defender in those situations and uh, I'm I'm not expecting this because uh, I have no expectations for him to do this. But dude, can you please box out and rebound, Jeremy? Like, <laughs> oh my, that's another like huge like thing. that's something that's like I I just I don't understand with him. He he often just turns and watches the ball bounce off the rim. Um, he rarely boxes out. He rarely attacks rebounds um, uh, in the air. Uh, uh, I'm not expecting him to do it, but I'd be pleasantly surprised if at some point he, uh, you know, became a just respectable rebounder, like average rebounder. You don't even have to be like rebound 10, 10 boards a game. Just just get a few, man. Like Although we would take it. 10 rebounds right. a game would be nice. <laughs> That'd be awesome, but yeah, yeah. it's not going to happen. Yeah, probably not. All right, next guy. I don't think we're going to spend too much time on him. We just signed him, uh, claimed him off waivers, I believe. Uh, Ish Wainwright. I don't really see a path to him playing too much this year. I think he's just kind of here for the veteran presence. Uh, just the guy. I mean, I don't know. Am I off base? Is he going to play? I don't think he will, but I, I don't have any expectations for him. I mean, if he's playing, I think that's really bad for most of our young players, right? Because yeah. um, that means he's outperforming them or they're they're choosing playing 
a guy they picked up off the streets who's a little older to over uh, guys like Kamara and Jabari Walker and Chris Murray and stuff like that. So maybe even sharp minutes. Um, so yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me um, if he's playing much. So I, I don't expect him to play a whole lot, much like he didn't last year in Phoenix. Um, so yeah, I think I think if he's in the game a lot, it's either we're either got had really bad injury luck or um, we're just not seeing anything to warrant playing some of our younger guys. And that, that would be disappointing to me. So I completely agree with you. I, I think it's just a, just a roster filler move at this point. And uh, I mean, he's, he's fine. Like he's not, he, he's like a good, you know, 13th, 14th man off um, at the end of your bench. But yeah, I'm not expecting him to, to play or really contribute too much this year. Yeah, exactly. Malcolm Brogdon, someone who I'm shocked is actually sticking around, but obviously they've decided to keep him around. Uh, he also switched his number today, I believe, from 92 to 11. So yeah, I mean, Kevin Knox had it. Yeah, and yeah, and a lot of people done. were like, "Wow, Brogdon definitely wants out of here with that 92 number," but maybe he's here to stay by choosing 11 now. <laughs> uh, but for Brogdon, um, it's all it's going to be very interesting to see how many minutes he gets. You know, obviously, I think we should be prioritizing playing our younger guys more but i feel like they also might have to showcase brogdon and brogdon is still a phenomenal player in his own right so i feel like brogdon can still go out there and put up the numbers he needs and uh if there was one player i would bet not being on this team out the trade deadline would be brogdon <laughs> like i don't think it'd make any sense to keep him past the trade deadline it would shock me if he were on this team past the trade deadline maybe he's traded even before we get to that point uh i mean i feel like Brogdon is someone that it just doesn't belong here, but he's kind of here at the moment. So I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he's going to be really good for us still. It's just, I, I don't really love him here to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I expect him to be really good for Portland, um, but that's not necessarily a good thing in my mind. Yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. I mean? uh, so I'm of the opinion that our young guards should get as many minutes as possible and I don't think having a guy like Brogdon is the best scenario for that because it automatically limits it. Because it, Brogdon's too good to not play at all, and he's going to be kind of a malcontent. I think not. I, I don't. Not malcontent might be the too strong of a word, but like he's not going to be happy if he's not playing at least like twenty three to twenty five minutes a game because this is a guy who's, uh, you know, been a really high-end player on good teams before, including last year where he won six-man of the year. It was a big part of Boston's success. So, um, yeah, it's like guys like that aren't going to want to play like 15 minutes a game and be a mentor or less than that. So, um, and Chauncey's, I think, is going to play him because he's Chauncey's going to try to prove that he can. he's a good coach this year and he's going to lean on his vets a lot and uh as evidenced by the starting lineup um it and so my expectation for him is that he comes in and plays well um and i think that might be a situation where cronin a lot of times gms have to save coaches from themselves when it comes to this and so i think if if chauncey is leaning on him too much and we're unless it's 
because we're, you know, a, a playoff seed or something, then maybe I could see them keeping him. But Cronin might have to just trade him just to be like, okay, I need to take away the security blanket you have uh, with Malcolm um, and just give the full runway to, to younger guys. Um, like that happened a lot, of, a lot under um, with Stotts and Olshay. They, you know, they have a, a Seth Curry or whatever, and then he'd leave and you'd give a bigger role to Anthony Simons or Alfred Camino and you give a better, bigger role to Zach Collins or what, whatever the case was. Um, but the difference is this year, we're not like those years where we thought we were going to make the playoffs or whatever. We thought we were going to be a contending team or building towards contention. Whereas this year, it's much more just kind of let's focus on being the best development that we can have if wins come with that in my opinion that's fine but i just don't want to i just don't want to like play brogdon 30 minutes a game and only play sharp for some 15 minutes a game and then have that be the reason we win like 34 games instead of 28 games or something like i don't think that helps us long term yeah definitely speaking of shade and sharp wearing his shirt today number 17 that's who we're nice. talking about next I'm hoping that Shaden Sharp blossoms this year, sophomore season. Uh, obviously, there is some concerns about his motor at times, so I'm hoping that's not a problem this year. We just kind of see like – because I feel like sometimes you just – I don't know. There's part of that where you could just say that's just how he plays, that's how he is. But I want to be able to see him just be absolutely looks motivated at all times. Um, it's probably unrealistic to expect. But I want Shaden Sharp, and uh, I'm hoping he gets the opportunity to do this as well because obviously there's going to be some guys in front of him. But, and I, I hate that that's the case, but it's just rally the situation right now. I just want Shaden Sharp to show us what he could be in this league. I'm just hoping for a really good season out of him. And, um, I mean, if to put a number on it, like 12 would be fine with me. Something along the line. I don't even know what he did his rookie season, to be honest with you. I've, I mean, obviously down the stretch, he averaged a lot more. But uh, Yeah, I think with his hot stretch down, I think he finished just south of 10 points a game. Yeah, so... I mean, in his role currently, if he was like the starting two guard, it'd be a lot different for me. But in his role currently where maybe they're playing Thibault, maybe Brogdon over him more, which I hope isn't the case at all. I'm hoping he can show Chauncey that like that cannot be the case. You got to play me. I just want Sharp to obviously a big part of this rebuild is going to be Shaden Sharp. So if he is out there, you know, doing exactly what we expect him to do, I think that would be ideal. Maybe show a little bit of confidence on the defensive end go after some blocks, go after some rebounds. I just want Sharp to look motivated. That's the main thing. I want him to look motivated. I want him to be out there, not maybe all nonchalant. I want the motor to be there. And that's just what I'm hoping for. And I expect, uh, and I expect it too. I'm hoping that Sharp shows us why we're in a good spot in our rebuild with him and Scoot going forward. Yeah, for me, I keep having to tell myself like, stop expecting him to be like great right away. Like this, he's in his second year. He, you know, he didn't play college. It was great that he showed those flashes at the end of last season. And that gives you a lot of hope that he can become that player um, consistently eventually. But I feel like um, there's two different like things that don't have to mean the same thing. One is, Yes, he probably should have been untouchable this summer. And I definitely think that was the right move to keep him and and to not shop him, especially since it didn't seem like nationally he was valued as as much as 
uh, his potential um, in this league. So you don't want to you don't want to trade players um, with his potential unless you're you know getting a no brainer back like a an, an all NBA type um, guaranteed player. So for me, it's like it's hard because he's untouchable. Like everyone's talking about how great he's going to be. But I don't think it's going to be like yet. Like he still has a lot of of room to grow and and learn things on the court, and so it's like almost disappointing when he doesn't dominate summer league or you know he he doesn't um, have a great preseason game this first couple games, and everyone's like, oh man, what's wrong with Sharp or whatever? It's like there might not be anything wrong with him. He's just a young player trying to learn how to play still. And, and his role is di- going to be different this year um, than than last year. So um, for me, I just want to see him at some point be like, why the heck is this guy not starting? Like, he's earned it. Like, this guy is not making mistakes on defense. He's doing the right things, making the right reads um, on when to cut and when to uh, – went to space the floor as a three-point shooter. Um, So I think if he's asserting himself and it looks really good, and I I want him to, like, just grasp that role right away as, uh, I mean, like, Brogdon and Robert Williams will probably be, like, the main guys off the bench. Uh, But I want Sharp to, like, not let that affect how he plays. Like, don't don't just like let them defer to them and, and let them take over. Like, no, like grab the horns and be like, no, I'm the bench. I'm the bench scorer and go out there and do it. And just show some, some fire in that regard. I I loved some of the things he said last year, more than anything that happened on the court, just the, the willingness to want to guard the other team's best player and the willingness to run the offense. Um, and, and he's shown some passing flashes, man. I I just don't want to see him revert back to kind of passive, aggressive, sharp, where he just kind of floats around and, and doesn't do anything. And he's got to learn both being the man scoring-wise and also fitting in with the starting lineup because – you're going to have to have both roles as a wing in the NBA. You can't really do it where you're like the man all the time, especially we already have Scoot and Scoot's going to be here as long as he is um, if things go right. So you're never going to be like unquestioned the man. You have to learn to play with these guys. So I'm just looking for him. um, Even, even when you question him mentally, there was some, extremely high level reads he made just by watching a little bit of film on someone like Rudy Gobert last year. And then he would apply it to the game immediately after watching it. And that's like high end elite player stuff. And so I just want to see more of those flashes and less of the, uh, what is he doing type flashes? Yeah. And, and it, as long as that's, that's uh happening i'm i'm cool with whatever his stats end up being this year next player is the best player we got back in the damon lord trade and that is tamani kamara no no, it is kamara though but so (laughs) tamani kamara um i mean 
he's more than I think anybody could have dreamed of so far. Obviously, it's all just been preseason. Um, I know you and uh, Tori really liked him, if I'm not mistaken. So it's really cool to see that translate so far. I mean, I'm expecting him to win that power forward role right away. He's shown the flashes. has been phenomenal. Or back at power forward role anyway. Um, yeah. And um, I, I mean, I was expecting him to be a really good role player this year. I think he's going to be able to play right away, which is good. I mean, we got him as a throw in in that trade, I feel like. And uh, it's a it's awesome that we got him, in my opinion. I mean, I think it's someone the Suns really could have used as well. Who knows what their bench is going to you know, totally look like. You know, they signed a bunch of guys, but will their bench be good? That remains to be seen. But I think Kamara is someone that uh, is going to be a really good role player for us immediately, do all the dirty stuff, and uh, be really, just really good all around. I'm very excited about Kamara uh, on this team going forward. Yeah, I, uh, during the draft, uh, Gabe from Suns Valley Podcast asked uh, me what I thought of Kamara, and I just I thought that was like the perfect fit for what Phoenix needed. And I'm so shocked that they included him in the trade still. Um, because this is a guy who Chauncey's always talked about wanting those guys who scrap and just, uh, like you said, do all the dirty work, um, are just dogs on the floor, relentless, um, you know, pressuring on defense and uh, making good passes and decisions on offense. This is the guy we were just talking about Sharp wanting to see Sharp step up and make it so uh, Chauncey has to play him because it's just so obvious. Kamara's the kind of guy, I think, if he gets playing time, it's going to be hard for Chauncey to then take any playing time away. So um, I think uh, it's just up to Chauncey at this point how many minutes he plays right away. And if he's in the rotation at the beginning of the year, I think he's pretty much going to cement himself in the rotation the entire season because that's just the type of player he is. Chauncey's going to going to love his attitude and his work ethic and his his uh, just his scrappiness on the court. So um, I I feel like we finally got one of those guys who can guard um, the point of attack a little bit. Um, not saying as a rookie you should count on him to be an elite point of attack defender because that would that would be ridiculous to expect that of anyone. But and it's going to look weird because he's so much better at it than any player we've had in recent memory. So uh, I, I think uh, I think just getting him on the court uh, is going to make a difference. And I, I I if he can hit the three consistently, much like we talked about with Chris Murray. Um, I just don't see any way how that guy could not get playing time. Agreed. Next guy, um, you know, similar position, Jabari Walker. Uh, for me, the, the expectations for Jabari Walker, I just want him to, you know, shoot from three better. Uh, I think there was times where he would get the ball. I mean, he had those times where sometimes he would hit the backboard when he shot it. So, like, I just want him to be a more consistent three-point shooter. Obviously, we know how good of a rebounder he can be. Uh, I just want him to just show flat. I don't expect too much. I just want Jabari Walker to, um, you know, if he can earn his role in the rotation, that's a really good sign. Obviously it was one of the last picks in the second round last year. Um, so, I mean, for me, I just want him to shoot better from three and, uh, you know, just continue the rebounding, continue the scrappiness. And, uh, I'm hoping he can crack a role in this rotation because that would be a really good sign for some way we took at the, you know, with the last, you know, one of the last picks in the second round. Yeah. Uh, if, it's going to be dang interesting tomorrow night to see, or tonight if you're watching this on Wednesday, to see who uh, Chauncey 
puts in at that backup four right away, whether it's Kamara or or whether it's Walker. I think uh, if it's if it ends up being Walker right away, he, he's got to play well. <laughs> he's gonna have you know Kamara and Chris Murray just sitting there waiting for him to not play well one of his stints, and then Chauncey might go to someone else in the second half. So it's a lot of pressure for a young player to to have that, like, don't make a mistake, don't make a mistake. But hopefully he doesn't play like that. Um, he's he's just a really solid player. He does a lot of things really well. Um, other than rebound, he doesn't do anything, like, great. But um, I just want him to come in and, and use that um, – as a positive and just not mess up, uh, you know, a defensive rotation or things like that um, because he's a really smart player. And uh, yeah, so hopefully he does enough to get some minutes and uh, um, but yeah, it's just, it's hard for me seeing a scenario where he can, he can hold off Kamara unless Kamara is playing more like at the three at the three but then that takes minutes. It's hard to play him at the three when Thibault's starting and Brogdon's coming off the bench, you know, um, at the guard spot. So that doesn't leave many minutes for Sharp then. So I I just feel like it's weird if we're talking about Walker playing more minutes than Sharp or something oh, off the be bench. Awful. So, so like, I, I, I don't know. As I really like Jabari Walker. Obviously, there's the famous... Uh, footage of me like like celebrating that we drafted him or whatever but uh i i just i still think he's more of a solid into the rotation role player which is fine like we you need those players i just i i'm not expecting to see too much more than that from him ever so just come in rebound the ball because we need rebounding uh don't mess up on defense keep your guy in front of you and like you said, hit the three if it's if it's available. Um, I think he'd be fine, and I don't think he's going to hurt you if he plays. But he's also not going to like elevate your team if he plays either. So like, uh, I just think it's kind of a neutral situation with him. Yep. Saved our two centers for last. Start with Mister Dominating. So uh, for DeAndre Aiden, I have two ways I could expect this to go. I can see him playing with a chip on his shoulder. Maybe he shows why he was the number one pick. Obviously, will never be better than Luka, most likely. But at least he can show some flashes of why Phoenix saw you know, what they did in him. And maybe I could see that. I could also see a world where he's you know, all nonchalant. Um, you know, he's shown laziness at times. And I could see that happening as well. So there's two polarizing ways I could see Aiden going this season. Obviously, I'm hoping to see the dominating side of things. If he's going to go out there and call himself that... I want to see that from him. If he can go out there, and I know someone yesterday picked him to win most approved at someone that did something that didn't even crossed my mind. And if <laughs> that could be the case, then like that would be awesome. Uh, if DeAndre could be a 20 to 25 point per game scorer, obviously that's amazing. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I can see 20 for sure. I, I don't think that's yeah. out of the realm of possibility. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I'm hoping we don't get the wrong side of DeAndre. And that's just kind of where I'm at. Obviously, I think for the most part, Nurkic was like a negative contract for us. A lot of people saw, and I think, you know, DeAndre was a negative contract for the Suns in a way. So maybe another man's trash is another man's treasure or whatever they say. So like Aiden could be that for us and maybe Nurkic could be that for the Suns. I'm hoping Aiden 
can be a really good center for us, something we've needed for a long time, uh, you know, ever since Nurkic went down with his uh, injury, uh, and he was never the same since. Yeah, I I just don't want to have issues where he's pouting this year. That's, that's like pretty much my only expectation. If he's on the court playing hard, um, you know, not having effort, effort issues, uh, not taking bad, bad shots, attacking the hoop. Um, I, I think he's great when he just decides he's going to go to the basket and, and get there. Um, so I, I want to see that the attacking mindset, um, aggressive mindset, not settling for fadeaway jumpers. Um, he can hit the fadeaway jumper, but it's just, I don't know. Like he's got the athleticism to, to do more spin moves and, and get better position on players and back them down and stuff like that. He doesn't often do it. So I'm, I'm just looking for him to not have kind of, uh, like nonchalant is the perfect word you, you used. Um, I just don't want to see that kind of eight and on the floor um because it, it, yeah if you if you have that that nickname you you have to be a force out there you have to be someone that like other teams hate playing against because you're just gonna you're just gonna go at them for the 30 minutes you're in the game or whatever and if we get that Aiden yeah he's I mean that's number one pick Aiden and that's that's gonna look like we just were given an all-star level player from the Suns and, and man, what, what a great trade that would look like. Um, but yeah, just, I'm, I'm really worried because, you know, there were a lot of times last year where, um, Nurkic would not play in a fourth quarter and Drew Eubanks would finish the game or sometimes neither of them would finish the game and we go small. Um, and, you know, if you're a competitor, like it's okay to be mad at that situation or for like to want to be in to help your team win. But if you make it all about you in those situations, um, I just feel like you're never going to be a winning player. So um, I, I like if you get mad that you're not allowed to help your team win. But at the same time, if you make that become a problem and all about you as a player, which Aiden has in the past, um, I just think that's kind of selfish. And and it's I, I just don't think you can win paying a, a center a max contract who has that attitude. So I just want to see him learn how to maybe use that chip on his shoulder that he feels like he's always slighted as a way to motivate him to play hard and to to keep attacking instead of oh woe is me like I never get the right opportunity like coaches always call the play for someone else or you know like at some point you got to realize that you gotta you gotta take the bull by the horns and and do it yourself man like you can't just do that so hopefully this season we're not talking about this at all and he's just uh, a great team player because I think if he can stay on the floor and have the right attitude, uh, I mean he's he's a good player. He's he can definitely help contribute to a winning team without the attitude problems. Yeah, which you know, as you said, speaking of last player is Robert Williams. I think mm -hmm. uh, for Robert Williams, I think Aiden 
I, I would assume Aiden would have to realize how good of a center, you know, behind him that he has in Robert Williams. So there probably will be times where Robert Williams is finishing the games potentially over Aiden. So I'm hoping Aiden is able to acknowledge that, you know, they, you know, Robert Williams is a damn good center as well. So like, yeah, he can, I'm hoping he wouldn't be like too mad in that situation for Robert Williams. Obviously, I think this is a guy that we've needed for a very long time. I'm very happy to have him on this roster. I'm very interested and curious to see if he, is someone that sticks around after the trade deadline? Because I think it'd go either way. I think there's a lot of contending teams that would line up for a guy like Robert Williams that there could be a lot of good offers on the table, especially if he's able to stay healthy throughout this season. That is some, you know, we got, you know, like Dallas probably could line up for something like that. You got a bunch of teams that Memphis could Memphis now without yeah, Steven Adams. Yeah, Adams being gone. So, like, Robert Williams is someone that a lot of teams would love to have. And the fact that we have him as our backup is pretty amazing. Um, and I could, with this roster, obviously... This, this season could go a number of ways, but for Robert Williams, I expect him to be just exactly what you would think. I think a really good defender, someone who's out there hustling and bustling, uh, catching lobs with Scoot, uh, you know, Anthony Simon, throwing him lobs, whatever it takes. I think Robert Williams is going to be, uh, be phenomenal. I hope he's able to have a really healthy season for us as well. Um, I'm very, very excited to have him on this roster. And again, I'm just curious to see if the offers would be too tempting for Joe Cronin to pass up if it gets to that point, but we'll see. Yeah. I, wow. A big man with length that can protect the rim and fly around can guard the perimeter a little bit. And, uh, man, so nice to have that option. And that's one of the reasons why I think the Blazers are going to surprise some people and the practices where he has, uh, they haven't been cautious with him and let him play. Uh, I've heard he's, he's been dominant and like maybe even the best player in, in those practices and he's vocal and stuff too. Like uh, he's the kind of guy who can transform a defense. We talked about Thibel can go either way. Like he can, he possibly doesn't affect the defense that much, even though he's a great defender. When you have a defender like Robert Williams, you can use that to change the way you play. You can do different schemes. You can, um, definitely should see improvement with the defense but there's always that caveat with him and that's if he plays and that's been a huge problem with him um i mean we we know in portland uh bit with big men <laughs> that's been a huge problem our entire existence as a franchise uh so we just need him to stay healthy i think um and i i think people are going to be surprised at his offensive uh skill set as well He's a very smart passer. Uh, he's really good in the short roll. Uh, he can score a little bit. Uh, maybe he can't shoot really um, that well outside of you know the paint area. But um, he's he's actually really uh, he's got a lot of um, hidden skills on that end as well. So um, I, I expect him to. I don't know how much they're going to play him and Aiden together. Um, I'm assuming they will a little bit just for minutes sake and, and to uh, keep those guys both happy. Um, but um, that's a guy who could absolutely make this uh, a team that surprises people. If we didn't have Robert Williams, I would probably not be, I probably think we're, we're probably closer to last in, in the Western conference, but I think with Robert Williams, if he stays healthy, we're, uh, gonna be like wait could we make the play in <laughs> with this team you know uh 
or or maybe even higher. Uh, I, I just think he's that good. And unfortunately for him, uh, he just hasn't been on the court enough to uh, make that a possibility. But if he is, I, I think he's the game changer uh, that Portland's been missing. It's just too bad it's happening the year after we got rid of the person uh, who really needed that type of player. Agreed, man. I'm I'm excited for Robert Williams. Excited for this whole season. Uh, that was our expectations for every player on this roster. Go ahead and comment down below uh, your expectations, stuff you agreed with us or maybe disagreed with if there was anything out there. Uh, but Eric wanted to ask you a few questions before we go, uh, before we sign off here. Who you got? Lakers, Nuggets? Tonight? Yeah. Um, well, obviously, you know, when yeah. they're watching this, they'll know who won, but uh, who yeah. you got for that? Um, I'm going to say the Nuggets win this one. Yeah, I'm going with the Nuggets as well. And then Suns, Warriors. Uh, I think I'm going to go the Warriors at home. Yeah, that one's tough because Draymond's not playing and Beal's not playing. Booker is 50-50 to play last I saw. I don't know. I think he said he's playing. I think he said he's playing. playing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Warriors as well. So both home We're, teams. We both agree. Yeah. And then do our Blazers win opening night? Against the Clippers, I think they're <laughs> nine and a half point underdogs right now. Um, I will say this. I think there's going to be several teams, including the Blazers, that you can catch a lot of points on in, uh, gambling-wise early in the season. So I think if if I was to bet this game, I would take the points and, and bet on the Blazers. Uh, we'll do... Um, you know, our picks again this year on Blazers Uprise, which you'll be a part of. I'm excited for that. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's tough because Kawhi and Paul George are playing. I think Terrence Mann is going to be out, but uh, as Clippers have not been a an easy place for the Blazers to win, uh, bro. We've been so bad against them. I feel yeah. like. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to say the Clippers win, but I think the Blazers give them a much, a much bigger fight than people are thinking. Yeah. I, if this was in Portland, I would maybe think twice, but it being in LA, I, we've struggled there so much. I feel like that. I, I don't see us winning this one, but Hey, if we do, you know, that, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Real quick. I do. I, I think the Blazers, two things can be true. I think they can be play really well right off the bat but i also think with the game against the clippers and then it's home against the magic everyone you know probably expects them to win that game but the magic are are a pretty good team so they might lose those two games and then they go out on the road right away for a big road trip um so like they could be playing decently but you know, be one and four, zero oh and five in their first five games, and everyone's panicking. But they, they, I don't think it's their record is really that important. Uh, more so than just the way they're playing. All right, boys, that was episode number four of the Hoops Crush podcast. Thank you guys for watching, as always. Uh, but we're gonna sign off here. Peace out. Go Blazers. <laughs>